are listening live to the program. Your teams, your town, your program. All they got to do is put the tape on that, and in my opinion. Um, we had some crossover film during the course of the year. But when you dive into it and you watch them, you don't. This court, it's not a quarterback that's managing or all those tabs that they put on. This is this, he's for real. Quez is a guy that's internally driven. He's 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 mentally very resilient. Um, you know, he knows more than anybody that throughout the middle of the season when there were some things going on, not just with him, but our offense in general, that um, we all look at ourselves. And so it's just crazy when you look back at that moment. I remember being on the field after he made that catch and just thinking, man, life is crazy. Coach Reed just challenging every single person in this building to up the ante just one more step and just keep taking it up a notch every every uh, every week from here on out. And uh, that's why we love the big guy. You know, it's never you never fall astray from that kind of mentality. And now, pouring one out for Apollo Creed, Soren Petro. Right you are, Kay. Right you are. Petro in the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. This one really sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my absolute all-time favorites. I was just telling the story. If you don't know who uh, Carl Weathers is, uh, he played Apollo Creed. You said Apollo Creed, right? Mm-hmm. The actor Carl Weathers uh, has passed away. And, uh, you know, we were just talking. I just literally this week was having a conversation like, I go, because he was in something. And I know he's been in all the Mandalorians. And that's where my oldest daughter, who I watched the Mandalorian with, has come to know Carl Weathers. Grief I told her the Karga. whole story. Is that right? What is it? Grief Karga. G-R-E-E-F-K-A-R-G-A. He was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Yeah, I guess I didn't follow the names that close in it. Uh, but, yes, he was... He was kind of Oddly a, enough, he was he was a boxer, and he's he played a boxer. He played, yes, he, he played a former champion. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a bounty hunter, is what he was. Um, but um, I remember Rocky, loved the movie Rocky, going to see... I actually didn't see Rocky till after... I'd seen Rocky too. Rocky was a little... You know, I was born in 71, and it came out in 76. That was the first movie that I saw in an indoor theater. But I went to the theater. I remember, uh, shout out to uh, Mrs. McClinn, uh, <laughs> good friend of mine. She took me and her son uh, to see uh, Rocky II. Mm. And I actually, I wanted Carl Weathers to win. I kind of, I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Carl Weathers is the coolest guy on he, earth. He was the coolest dude. He had the best perfect fro. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yes. Yeah. The mustache, and he was jacked. Um, and then was. later later on you find out, oh, this guy played for the Raiders? He played in the NFL? Yeah. So, listen, if you're a Rocky fan, uh, then you have to uh, know Carl Weathers. He was also in a, a movie called um, Force 10 from Navarone, which uh, was with was kind of a follow-up to the Guns of Navarone. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was called. And it had um, some very famous actors in it. That uh, oh Harrison Ford was in it for one, and it was a World War II movie where they were they had to take out a bridge, and he, uh, yeah, Force Force Temp, nineteen seventy eight. Oh, love that. In movie. between the two Rockies, yeah, love that movie. He's in Predator, Predator, Action of Jackson, Happy Gilmore. Of course, he played Chubbs. Yes, of course, great golfer, great golfer, Chubbs. Um, great name too. Hell of, hell of a life, man. Yeah. But just died peacefully in the sleep, but we don't know. Just that's it. Just old. That's what we've heard. Just uh, he was seventy six. Turned seventy six uh, about three weeks ago. God, seventy six years old. I would have thought he was going to go to like a hundred. Flashback to the scene at the end of Rocky 
two or was it three? When uh, two when they when they did the little fight at the end. They got uh, him that back was in the three. rings at three. That's three. Yeah, was he three. Goes, Too bad we got to get old, huh, Rock? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. So, I mean, if he died in his sleep, does that mean Rocky now has a match against sleep? <laughs> Since in Rocky Four he had a match against the guy who killed Apollo Creed. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. So uh, anyway, um, you know, it was. Uh, he's one of my favorites. That sucks. Yep. And as great as that movie, there's no doubt that the popularity of that first movie is largely due to the character that he played. Oh, he was I mean, that, that, that cannot be understated in in the, the the history of that franchise. Just what a how perfectly they cast that character. Can, can you imagine anybody else being Apollo Creed? No, no. And that's that to me is the ultimate uh, tribute to not just an actor, but Who the people, they... John Abelson, for putting him in that position. I remember. I know uh, Jason and Mick and and Josh were just talking about this, but the uh, if, if you are a fan of those Rocky movies, if you're a fan of Stallone, the Stallone documentary. I found that one and the three part documentary on uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on Netflix are both really really good. If you're a fan of those movies and those genres of things, it's really interesting some of the background on it. But I was trying to remember who they were casting. I might be getting confused with the Schwarzenegger because I know the Terminator. Well, I'm getting confused on that. That didn't mean Carl Weathers. Terminator, they were hmm. actually, you know who they were negotiating with to be the Terminator? Hmm. And Arnold wanted to be the guy protecting Sarah Connor. Oh, well, that's why I didn't know And that. he kept talking about the Terminator and how he needs to do it. And, and, and uh, James Cameron's like, well, you should be the Terminator. He's like, no, no, I want to be the good guy. I'm going to be the good guy. But this is what the Terminator should be. This is what you should do. You know they're casting for the Terminator? Hmm. Before they finally said, listen, Arnold, you're the guy. Yeah. O.J. Simpson. Really? Yes. Wow, that would have changed that that <laughs> franchise a little bit. Looking back on it, I just looked. They were negotiating the deal. Who they initially had to play Apollo Creed? Yeah, who was I, I, Ken I, Norton? Ken Norton. That's right. Yeah, Ken Norton. And he pulled out, and they they eventually gave it gave it to Weathers. Uh, Norton is believed to be who the the character of Apollo Creed is patterned after Ken Norton. No, he, was, he was more like Sugar Ray Leonard meets. Yeah. Like he was undefeated, the King of Sting, the Master of Disaster. Mystery Wait. solved on what you what you've seen him in recently. He's been he was playing the role of, I mean, it's a character playing the role of Gronk's coach in the in the redeeming. That, that's what it was. Yes, you've that's been what Gronk's it was. Coach in the make miss with kick redemption. <laughs> that's what it was in yes. Fanduel. Yes, you that's, nailed it. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, yes, because I like, what if there was just something I was like, we were just talking about him, and like, I go, he looks pretty good, man. This guy's like 75, 76 I, years old. I can't great. take credit. It was a, I, I didn't, I should have called his name. It was a caller. Thank was, you. Yep. So thank the you best listeners. Yes. Hey, they, they, they're on it. We, we, we get the who Google. We don't need it. We got li- we got listeners. We got listeners. The best listeners uh, in, the, in the country. And I think another great thing is when you play a guy as cool as, and he knew how cool. Apollo Creed was and is, and then be, to be able to just not take yourself so seriously that you're like, yeah, I'll play this guy with a wooden hand and a goofy <laughs> Adam yes. Sandler golf movie. Yes. yes, that's awesome. That's confidence, man. I know who I am. I'm Apollo Creed. I'll do this. Why not? Uh, then he, then he, then he's. I want to play opposite a puppet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'll play opposite a tiny little puppet. That's right. Uh, he was great. What is the most memorable scene with? Uh, with Carl Weathers from Predator. Oh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's, this should not surprise you. We've been over this before. Have you seen Predator? Sorry. Okay, well, you've yeah. got a... You're five. You have an excuse. Yeah. Right, By the way, we got 
we, we've got Hermit. Yeah. By the end, we got to get his nickname soon. Yeah. Right? He's got to have a nickname soon. Can't keep giving him the respect of calling call him by the name his parents gave him. Call him Valet. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. I don't know. We'll see. We'll think. Um, no, what's the most... Do you see Predator? I've seen Predator. I, I don't know... I With mean, Carl Weathers, one scene. It's about three seconds, two seconds. There's a scene where where he where Schwarzenegger walks in and Weathers is there, uh, and they see each other for the first time. They come up and they they you know give like the the bro hand oh, yeah. grab, that, that, and both of them have the sleeves rolled up, and it's like this double bicep pose yes. of each of them with the full on bra. And that I, that you, meme is all that's what that you're a sixteen year old kid like that's what my arms are gonna look like. That's I'm going to have that bicep. Well, there's a good answer. And then you get like 20 minutes into the workout, and you're like, I am done with this. Because there's I a meme done. all over, has been for 10 years, all over social media. It's a shot of two, like that. Kind yeah, of that's, thing. that's and Schwarzenegger so and so and so and so and so. That's what that's from. Yes, they, they slap hands wow. and, and the biceps ah. are there. Uh, that's, uh, so that's one mystery I've been wondering about. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Solved. We don't have the answer. You know. We should call you Hermit. Dude, no. you know, poor kid. It would fit. Uh, it would. All right, listen. Yeah, so R.I.P. Uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, just a, you know, near as I can tell, I don't know anything about his background. Someone's like, well, you know he was arrested 17 times. No, I don't. I don't I, think so. Near as I can tell, he was a yeah. really good dude and a life uh, well lived and just, you know, not, not seven Oscars, <laughs> but what a career. I mean, you know, it's a, it's kind of a Bo Richter-esque I think Mark Borichter, if people haven't heard this spiel, I think Mark Borichter has one of the great careers in NFL history, right? Mark wasn't Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. but he has a 99-yard touchdown. He had eight touchdowns as a rookie. He was a star in the CFL. I mean, he had a, a was touchdown spe- in, a, in a Grey Cup championship game. Yeah. It's pretty good. Special teams ace, Chiefs record, I, I, d- despite the fact that yeah. the Chiefs refused to acknowledge it. He was a rookie. If if Ichiro's winning Rookie of the Year in Major League Baseball, at twenty-seven, he was a rookie, and had eight touchdowns. That's the rookie record for the Chiefs. Not the seven. Who who broke it this year? Uh, Rashi Rice had seven. I think it was not yeah. Rashi Rice is seven. Yeah. Love Rashi Rice. It's Mark Richter's eight. That's a that's such a fascinating, great career. And he did it on twenty catches. Yeah, he played in the league, but he did like a lot of guys. He didn't get to play forever, but. I mean, so many great, cool things in his career. That's Carl. He's the Carl Weathers mm-hmm. of football. Came mm-hmm. out of a college that has like an enrollment of nine, yeah. I think. Yeah. Hastings <laughs> has an enrollment of like this room. There are no Oscars for Weathers. There are no. no, but like some of the coolest roles ever. There, there is no one who who I, I can't think of any any guy at least who at some point doesn't know. So, oh yeah, that guy. Oh. I mean, how many people, how many men in this country from any age, from 10 to 90, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know who that dude is. And they, they may not be the same guy. Oh, yeah, I know who that guy is. He, he's so-and-so. All right, last one. As you can tell, there is a bit of a bromance here with me when it comes to Carl Weathers. But when he's warming up before the fight in Rocky II and he's, you know, just, just shadow boxing. Oh, yeah. And the, and the bald guy's him. like, you're the man. You're the man. You're the best. You're the best oh, yeah, ever yeah. Uh, You don't belong in the ring. Like, <laughs> he's yours. He's yours. He's, he's fired yours. out punches. He's yours. Uh, 
I want you to show them who you are tonight. Show them who you are tonight. This bomb shooting ain't be in the ring with you. That's, that's, uh, that's so great. Tony. I, 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 I so, like, I'm like, these are the cool guys. Oh, yeah. Come analogy, on. A great analogy of Carl Weathers is a song from Rocky. So everybody remembers the da-da-da. Like, that's yeah. the theme from Rocky they remember. Gonna that's fly the now, big I think. One. Yeah. That's the big one that everybody remembers. And my, to me, the best, the coolest song from the score of Rocky is called Going the Distance. And it's the one with yes. the, the bells. Is that the, the one beginning. by Cake? It, it, it's it's no. <laughs> Going the Distance. No, no, no. He's <laughs> going <laughs> for speed. <laughs> That's they did have a song. <laughs> yes, they did have a song. But it's, it's the song that yeah. has the bells right at the beginning. Yep. And it's just understated. Yeah, it's but the, it's so the, cool. It's the, wor- it's the training montage it's, song. If, if you... Trust me. I've right? Listen, yeah, I've, I've yeah, listened so to that. It's, it's, I've listened to that that uh, soundtrack a million times. interesting thing about that, and one of the brilliances of Bill Conti, is that there are parts of various songs and various parts of other songs. There's actually a part of Going the Distance. That melody is in Gonna Fly Now, toward the end. And you go, oh, wait, what? I've heard, I've heard that. Oh, that's somewhere else. They, they move melodies. This one? That's Gonna Fly Now. Okay. Well, is it this one? Yes. Yes. That's from my phone, people. Yeah. Da, 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 dun, dun, dun. That part there is You're actually... a little late to get to the stadium, <laughs> and you need a little boost to make it. you make your way all the way around 435, right? And that yes. comes out. In, uh, in Gonna Fly Now at the end... When it slows down, you hear da, 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 da. that's in going to fly now, but that's the main melody for going the distance. They move he, things they, all over the place. It's at that moment that he catches the chicken. Yes, in <laughs> or in the Rocky, you know, whichever one he's. They flip flop him. He he does. They, they do a different song on the the jogging through the city montage in Rocky Two. It's a different one than it is in Rocky. I think oh, they flip him. One where he's running and the kid's chasing him. Yeah. And he's running up the steps and he makes it. That is gonna fly now. Because yeah. I think when he's pulling away. And then in the second one they, they use the How about the one the kid who song. hangs with him for a yeah, while? Yeah, the kid in the red jacket. Like dude. Talk about legend. He'll always be <laughs> that's me. I'm sure that I mean Let me tell you two people extras. who were not that kid. Yeah. Curtis sitting right here, sitting right here. Um, I also love the fact that if you watch it, he just he leads the entire group through a red light. You can see the background; the lights red. He just leads just fifty school kids or hundred school kids he, right through a red light. Because red down. lights do yeah. not stop Rocky Balboa. Right, and, and I can imagine running through a red light in downtown Philadelphia. Man, not, not not a problem. Man, yeah, so good. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the song they play in Rocky Two when she wakes up. Yeah, there's one I thing I want you to do for so me: win. win. Boom. What are you waiting for? Take this. And they go out, and this is what they play. Yeah. During the, the training montage in Rocky 2. But it's going to fly now in Rocky 1. Pretty good. That, by the way. This is the, I mean, this is the Carl Weathers of that score, because everybody yes. remembers go uh, going to fly now. But this is the better one. Yeah. yeah. That, that melody of the is in various variations all the way through that movie. Um if you don't have the, the the soundtrack to Rocky, just download it. It's easy. It's fantastic. Yeah, my, one of my favorite uh, pieces of music ever. All right, Bill Cunty. So sorry, that was fun. it's a moment for us. Uh, we, we there's a lot of folks out. If you're there younger and you don't know Carl this. Weathers' career and everything. I would encourage you to kind of look up. Better uh, Like I said, a, a good a good movie that is not really as mainstream. Uh, Force Ten from Navarone has Carl Weathers, Harrison Ford. Um, there's a couple other. Big names off the top of my head. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I was a huge fan. It's a good little uh, World War II movie. Uh, So uh, check that out. Um, Yeah. 
It's got a big star. Who's the other guy? Who's the big star? Enforced Ten. Yeah, the uh, English guy. He was he was the boat captain in Jaws. Oh, Robert Shaw. Robert yeah. Shaw. Yeah, Robert Shaw's in that. Um, good movie. Check that out if you want a little Friday night, Saturday this Harrison weekend. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. It's, it's a good movie. That dude had a rough time in World War II. He was in that movie. He was on the USS Indianapolis from, <laughs> from Jaws. Well, in this movie, you find out that he got hosed. Oh, this is like the revenge of getting hosed. This is, like I said, it's kind of like a, wasn't really known as a, I think it's like an underground sequel to Guns of Navarone. Yeah, it is. Yeah. This is film in 61 was the original. This came out in 78. Yeah. And so... Uh, anyway, uh, there you have it. Uh, check it out if, if you like. If you're uh, Shaw, Shaw died before that movie was released, actually. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that. It's news. He was eaten by a shark. He was eaten by a shark. My bad. Twenty six footer. <laughs> Just the the. There's the last thing I'll say on maybe the movies. Go maybe, away. maybe yeah. maybe he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, the scene with him on the boat where he's just wow. describing the shark, and the other two guys are just going, uh, yeah. especially Dreyfus, crapping himself. One of the greats. He should have gotten an Oscar just for that line, that, that two minute scene. Yeah, fantastic. Um, all right, we've got a lot coming your way today. We're going to talk to uh, uh, Eric Eager, uh, Solomon Wilcots, Adam Teicher, Kevin Harlan. Uh, let's take some phone calls. We've got some people that are already lining up. Uh, 913-3810-810, Chiefs, Royal Sporting, KUK State, Missouri, was the top in the program. We're aware the Chiefs are the uh, 800-pound gorilla uh, in the room right now. 913-3810-810. Let's talk to Travis. He leads us off today. You're in the program, Travis. What's going on, buddy? I love that segment that we just you guys just had. Um, just before I get to my take, man, the best Carl Weathers moment in Predator has got to be when the Predator blows his arm off. <laughs> uh, and, and the gun keeps firing because the... the it's, yeah. His fingers pulling the trigger. Uh-huh. And actually had, as a child, that was the most traumatic but also the coolest thing I'd seen up to that point <laughs> in my life. Uh, Scarred permanently, so, but wow, that was cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so just real quick, uh, I have a comment and then okay. I have a question and then a comment. So my question is, I was debating with a friend the other day. We were talking about the Super Bowl and Pat, and we were debating whether or not – because, you know, the, the two wins that we've had, um, Pat hasn't really gone off statistically in either game, and he ran for his life against the Bucks. So uh, in this – it's important for him to have that game, that statistical game where he goes off for like 350 and four or something like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. not. I think that's a great way to put it, Travis. Not important, but you know, it's like if like how many ways can this guy add to his career beyond just obviously winning championships or winning MVPs? It, it would be. You know, Tom Brady, one of the things that I think solidified him as a great was in defeat against the Eagles, setting the passing yardage record in the Super Bowl, slinging it for 500 yards, uh, trying to go toe to toe with the, uh, with the Eagles, right? That, that was the game that he threw for 500 was against the Eagles. Or am yes. I getting confused? Was it against yes. the Falcons? Yeah. No, it was the Eagles. Eagles. Okay. I mean, you know, even in defeat, you know, he went down firing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think, you know, so does he need it? No. Would it add to the lore? Is it something that could be an additional, you know, carrot on the on the resume? Yes. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I kind of agree. That's what that was my response to. And then um, I just wanted to go ahead and make my early prediction for the game. All right, so, let's have it. I'm with, I'm rolling with the Chiefs, man. I 
I think that the Niners are a good team. I think they're better than what I probably initially thought. I got the Chiefs winning 28-17. Um, I don't think Brock Purdy can beat this defense. Yeah. I just don't. I know, I know they got pieces. I know CMC is elite. But I just, based on what I've seen um, through the regular season and through the playoffs, I just don't think Brock Purdy is good enough to beat this defense. So, so I got love you guys. All right, you're the man, Travis. Appreciate the call, buddy. Don't be a stranger. And I think that was... You know, I think that's one of the real question marks here, right? Because the Packers fired their defensive coordinator after the game that Brock Purdy brought him back against Green Bay. He didn't even play that good no. against the uh, Packers when it was all said and done. And then coming back this past week uh, against the Lions, the Lions defense was not all-world. Aaron Glenn no. was not hired away. Not entirely was, healthy. And it was Mike McDonald of the Ravens who was getting yes. hired as, as, as the losing coordinator uh, yeah. in the conference championship game. And so I do think there's, look, I think there's a lot to be gained. A lot of boxes open for Brock Purdy to check as a quarterback. If he wins this, he's going to beat a top defense. If he wins this, he's going to win a Super Bowl. He'll probably win the MVP if he can win it against this defense. There's a lot out there for Brock Purdy. It does get harder for Mahomes, you know, other than quantity of accomplishments, to find things that he hasn't done. I think you found one, Travis, that to light it up, have a big day uh, throwing the ball around in the Super Bowl, and, and hopefully one day that will happen, maybe this time. Maybe it'll happen seven Super Bowl victories from now. Hmm. I don't know. I'd take that. But... Yeah, I, I, I think Chiefs defense against Niners offense is a big one. Yes. Uh, and it, listen, it, it's both matchups are big, obviously. But I think the Chiefs defense, I don't know if it's good or bad news, but if Amenahu plays, and I don't I don't think Amenahu's, and I haven't formulated my pick yet, but Amenahu against that interior offensive line, I like. I don't think he can. Can it? Who? who no, I said these? if he were going to yeah, play. Yeah, I, yeah, thought yeah, he, yeah, I thought. I know he's done. <laughs> no, I, he's got an ACL. Yeah, thing. I, I misunderstood. In the world, I, I heard if he plays. I, I, I get what Adam's talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, then maybe. And then I didn't phrase it very well. If he were going to yeah, play, okay, okay, which okay, he's okay. not. Yeah. Let me be clear. So if I obviously were he available, I did a bad job. If he were available, I would love the Chiefs' pass rush to really. Wreak havoc on pretty, and I still think they're going to have success because Trent Williams is really good. The other four are pretty average. And so that does – maybe that's a good thing. Okay, you've lost a little bit of your pass rush, but they're not very good up front anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, so other than Trent Williams. And so how they neutralize – great, Trent, you get to block. You know, FAU, just make sure he doesn't get to the next level. You know, and we're going to win over here with George. And we're going to win over here with Chris Jones. But we, we're, we're sending them over here against these lesser guys. But I, I do think – can Brock Purdy rise to the occasion? I don't know. He has the last two weeks. Enough to get the win. And Kyle Shanahan is a guy that can put him in good positions. It's a great chess match, Shanahan versus Spagnolo. 913-3810-810. We'll take more of your phone calls. 913-3810-810. You're in the program. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. We'll go with a couple of the... The uh, Rocky themes, where he came to uh, to be a quite a star, the hearts of certainly many young men uh, in this uh, world. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. We're taking your phone calls. Uh, let's get back to the lines. Uh, let's talk to uh, Ditto. Ditto, you're in the program, buddy. I know we left you hanging the other day. Uh, what's on your mind today, buddy? 
Hello? This is Andy. Oh, sorry. Andy, hang on. I, I need to get to... I hit the wrong button. Uh, there we go. Ditto. My bad. Uh, there you go. I, you thought I was going to hose you again, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to talk about that Baltimore game. You were predicting that we'd lose, but I tried to get in all that uh, the whole time that week and say turnovers were going to be a factor. Bingo. Yeah, well, they usually are. I mean, that was our <laughs> keys to the game on our Central Bank pregame show, and exactly. some the Chiefs hadn't done all year, and they finally did against make the Baltimore him, make Ravens. Turn it over twice. Yeah, got three. Okay, let's talk about Belichick, can we? Sure. What is his career? Counting all the other places where he coached, where do you, where, do you, where else did he coach? Was it Cleveland? Cleveland. As, a, as a head coach, Cleveland is the only other spot. So let's let's get his. Record with everybody with with his whole career coaching head coaching career. Mm-hmm. It's not really that good, is it? Well, we've done this many times. His his he's sub five hundred yeah. without Tom Brady. I, I've I've pulled out every game he's coached without Tom Brady, and he's sub five hundred and one and two overall in the playoffs. And that is in coaching. He's been to two playoffs out of was it three years in Cleveland, and then one year before Brady took over in in New England, and Brady's been gone. 2021, 20. 22, 23, so four yeah. more. So eight years, two playoffs, one win, two losses, and a record that's definitively below 500 without him. It's why I've said a number of times, and I appreciate the call, buddy. I'm glad we got you in. You know, he is, you know, it, the biggest case for Andy Reid to be a better coach, or if you say Belichick's number one, to be the greatest coach of all time, is the differential in record without the Hall of Fame quarterback. Because without the Hall of Fame quarterback, Andy Reid went to four conference championship games, uh, went to a Super Bowl, uh, is well over 500, numerous division titles. Uh, Bill Belichick has one division title. The, the the best argument in defense of Belichick, not that he's necessarily, but is how difficult is it when a guy coached for 30 years or whatever that so much of it was with the one guy. Like if Brady had only played 10 years and he had to go find somebody else, could he have found a better quarterback than he's found the last four years if he'd done this 10 years ago? Yeah. And and where he had more time to kind of build on something and, and find a replacement, it, it is difficult to <laughs> just take. Well, he was there from 2000 to 2023 and – it was 25 years, and 20 of it was with the same quarterback. It's very hard to just say he wouldn't have been good, but we don't have any evidence that he would well, have the, been better. The, the other piece of evidence is that quarterback wanted out. Yes. And, and, <laughs> I mean, and a long time to work with a guy, be like, hey, listen, how yeah. about something different? Yeah. You know, or how about some warmer weather for my home games? And immediately won when he was gone. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's legit. I yeah. Would, I just, I would add real quick, I think, it, I agree, it's so much of that is Brady. But I do wonder if there's, and this is somewhat to Curtis's point too, it could be a combination of losing Brady plus he's just old and maybe lost lost a little bit. It's possible that he lost his fastball, but but yes, absolutely. But then why not better days in Cleveland? That's a good point. Yeah, he just had one. Because he wasn't old then. Yeah, you're right. He had one, I mean, he had that one playoff, and that was it. I mean, it is, you don't need to, he coached forever. Yeah, his record is his record. Mm-hmm. So one, you know? and that's his only winning season, I guess. Well, like it, it's it, it's it's not like Steve Spagnuolo, where you're like, listen, he only got one shot with the Rams, and his quarterback was beat to hell. Pre-rookie and, salary cap when Sam Bradford was not only injured yeah, all the time, but most expensive quarterback in football. Freaking, mm-hmm. Yeah. Contract nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Speaking of which, Rodney wants to talk Spagnuolo. Rodney, you're in the program. What's up, buddy? 
Hey, um, I don't know. Uh, first, I want to say I don't um, know if you're going down there to Vegas, but for you or anyone else who's taking that trip to Vegas, I wish I safe travels down there. Thank you very much. Um, uh, but um, Steve Spagnola said something that I know I've, I've mentioned before. Last time we talked about FAU, and mm-hmm. and he, he, he proved my point again, and he said that. So it's, I think it was Adam asking the question. He says it's not that Phoenix is playing, is playing horribly or going bad. It's just look at the guys that's in front of him. Yeah. And to me, I think that's a huge, huge, major, huge testament to Joe Collins. I mean, just, I mean, to really think about it, you know, Chris Jones been in the conversation that oh, is he the best defensive tackle? Oh, he's not above Aaron Donald. Now that you got Joe Collins, it's pretty much defending. Oh, yeah, Chris Jones is better than Aaron Donald. But well, then again, look at also the one Mike Dana. Who knew Mike Dana until Joe Collins got there? Uh, that, that, it, it's a great point, and, and I'll go you one step further, Rodney, and that's this. I'm not so sure if you have FAU playing at the same level that Michael Dana is, and you know you're not going to re-sign Michael Dana, why not let Michael Dana carry the, the vast majority of the snaps, build up his value, leave in free agency, and get a better draft pick in compensation for him, as opposed to splitting him 50-50 and watching Dana walk away and get Nothing. you know 25 cents on the dollar, right. as opposed to letting Michael Dana be a guy who played full-time, as an edge, piled up as many tackles, as many sacks, as many passes defensed, everything he could do, and then improve his value on the free agent market, thereby improving your return in free agent compensation. You have much higher comp- uh, competitory pick. It, 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 makes, it makes total sense. Also, I would add, look at George Colossus. He was thrown in the fire his rookie year. And now you come back in your second year, get double digit, double digit sacks before Chris Jones. To me, that's a big upset. That is Joe Cullen at his finest. So now I'm looking at FAU. If he sit here and even create any type of pressure, because I know everybody loves Trent Williams. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. I I never forget what Frank Clark did to Trent uh, the Trent Williams in that game in the regular season game against the 49ers. I will buy the all Chiefs kingdom to go watch what Frank Clark did to him. But if FAU go into the Super Bowl and create havoc like he did against the Bears, like he did against the Chargers, and he create havoc, cause havoc against Trent Williams, to me, and this is a big hot take and people can fight me later, I'm taking a number one tackle off of Trent Williams and I'm giving the bank to to Joe Cullen and Brett Beach because that's a steal and it approves my point that Steve Spagnola been hiding FAU and just allowing him to do the same thing like they did to Patrick Mahomes his rookie year. You sit for a year and you watch and learn. They had him sit for a year and just watch and learn. And now he's going to come. I got a feeling he's going to come out and eat. And I, I just wanted to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, – thank you, Rodney, for the call, buddy. I always appreciate it. I think there's some truth in that. I mean, I don't know that it's he's been hiding him. Like it's hard to win NFL games, so like yeah. I don't think we're going to see him come out and play ten times better than Michael Dana, and they've been keeping the secret weapon on the bench. But to see him come out and be a part of a NASCAR package and get a sack, provide pressure, yes, I think we can see that. I mean, Spagnuolo's been pretty adamant that the guys in front of him are playing well. You know, I wish Rodney would come with a little more energy when he called us. You know? Boring. <laughs> Andy, you're in the program. What's up, Andy? Hey, I just first of all. Um, 
as an old guy who's been driving around this uh, city for 25, 30, well, actually 40 years selling selling air conditioning equipment, I just want to thank you guys um, you for for uh, what you do to entertain us. And you guys are, you always make me laugh, and you're very thoughtful, and I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. That you means the world to us. Day. Thank you very Absolutely. much. That's quite kind. So before the season started, I picked them at, at 10 and 7. And I got I got record on that with my brothers before the game. So I picked them 10 and 7, but I still thought they'd go to the playoffs, and here we are. And I still think we have a great chance to win this game. But I just... When I was listening to you guys yesterday when Sam was on, you guys touched on something that I think is really important, that we all have to collectively take a breath and appreciate what's happening in this city with this team and this quarterback. Because like you guys, we lived through all of it, and this is truly special, and it's it's something worth um, cherishing, cherishing and really think – I mean – this is going to be a very fleeting thing, and it could end at any second through an injury or something else catastrophic. So I just wanted I just wanted to throw that out there. I really appreciated that yeah. discussion yesterday that you guys had, and have have a great show and go Chiefs. Thanks, Andy. Have a great weekend, buddy, and thanks for those kind words. And yes, I think we need to all savor and appreciate what's going on here uh, because it ain't going to be like this forever. <laughs> to be the envy of the football world, yeah, to the I mean, point where. People are tired of your team winning. As I, I said this after the game on Sunday, um, when your team is so successful that there are that fans of other teams think it might be part of a league-wide conspiracy, that's pretty damn good. That's a really good place to be as a fan base. Yeah. yeah There's no way they're this good. Yeah. It's got to be fake. The fix is in. <laughs> did, did, Bill, did Bill Russell and the Celtics have to deal with that? I don't, I don't know how that how that went. UCLA, yeah, yeah. Twitter, had to deal with it. So yeah. Twitter was around in '73. Imagine nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Let's take a break. You're in the program. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports coming up next hour, 913-3810-810, the phone number, 913-3810-810. Taking your phone calls, shockingly, nobody's wanting to break down that Mizzou-Vanderbilt game. We'll do it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Mizzou is always a topic here in the program, mm-hmm. but it seems like you're more interested in Super Bowl 58 and the Kansas City Chiefs, so we will continue to take your calls on that, 913-3810-810, the phone number. Uh, let's go next to Peter. You're in the program, Peter. How are you, buddy? Hey, doing good. Thanks for taking my call. Peter, did you um, go to your physical today? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. All right. Uh, I did not. Right, sorry. Just a line we play from Family Guy that I love. So, anyway, go ahead. What's on your mind? He's in too good a shape. Yeah. I want to talk about Super Bowl experience, so it's a good thing we have it. And we've got a lot of players who um, were on in the Super Bowl last year, and they got a young quarterback. But we also played in three Super Bowls and fell behind by double digits, and one of them we couldn't overcome. So I'm curious why you guys think that is, if that's a if that's something that's going to happen again. I think sometimes Andy Reid probes the defense to see how they will react, yep. and that's, that kind of gets us behind. And we, we can't afford to do that this year. We don't have the firepower. So that's what concerns me. I wanted to see what you guys thought. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Peter. And thanks for the call, buddy. I'm going to let you go. Um, I uh, One of the things that the theme that I've had, and I've been on a lot of shows around the country this week, is that 
I think through the Bengals, Andy Reid was coaching to try to make the team the team he wanted them to be, uh, what he thought the ceiling was, or maybe the team that they've been in the past. And at the Bengal game, which was after the Raider game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, at the Bengal game, the Raider game was the wake-up call. We're not going to get there. So we've got to embrace who we are. And to me, they've played Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, New York Giant football since. Right now, 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 that's not just the 86 team that was all grinded out, run the ball, play defense. That's also the 90 team that had one of the best records in football. They were, they were 14 yeah. and 2 that year. Uh, yep. And, you know, they could score when they needed to. Um, and, and they were one of the better offenses in football, as is this Chiefs team. But they couldn't just score whenever they wanted to. And that's the way the Chiefs used to be. And they had to score because they couldn't stop anybody. And I think Andy Reid has done an excellent job of playing complementary football. And, and we've talked about it. You're right. He probes the defense. That's something we've discussed. I don't know if the probing of the defense just resulted in points because Mike McDonald's defensive game plan sucks so bad that Andy Reid was able to take him apart. Or did Andy Reid say, no, I know what's coming. We'll probe later, but right now we're attacking because I know how this guy likes to come out, and we got to go get him. I don't know. But I do think your point, this is not a team that's built to play from behind. It wasn't a team built to play from behind when they took on the Ravens. It's not now. They've got to play plus football. They've got to stay away from penalties, and I think they need to play from in front. And if they do, it doesn't guarantee victory, but Baltimore you couldn't just put it all on Lamar Jackson. He's still not that kind of quarterback. I don't think Kyle Shanahan will pucker the way that um, uh, the OC for the Ravens from the Georgia from the Bulldogs, uh, uh, Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. I don't think he's going to pucker and, and forget to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. The Chiefs are going to have to be sound against the run. But I do think part of the game plan for the Chiefs was a run blitz. And if they're not running, just keep going to the quarterback. They did an excellent job of spying on Lamar Jackson. I don't think they'll spy on Brock Purdy because he had a couple of good rushes. But they will change up. The one thing that you know is, have they lost talent? Yes, they've lost Brian Cook along the way. Looks like they're going to have Willie Gay back. They're not going to get him in who back. And they're not going to get Derek Noddy back. So they're thinner on the defensive line. But the one thing that will be there is the knowledge of Steve Spagnolo and the knowledge of this defense. They will be very multiple. This is a team that's experienced. Everybody, for the most part, has two years' experience in this defense. All the young guys have two years' experience in the defense. The guys who don't are Mike Edwards and Drew Tranquil, who are veterans and theoretically resigned because they can pick things up and they know what they're doing. Steve Spagnuolo gave a lot of looks. Against Buffalo, they ran 4-1. They ran 3-2. Same downs and distances, different looks, never giving anybody really a chance to settle into this is what you're doing. And with two weeks... You better believe that there will be a catalog of looks that Steve Spagnuolo can give to Brock Purdy. Does Kyle Shanahan have the answers, and can Brock Purdy, you know, implement those answers? They have great weapons. Let's not let's be clear. If they don't get to Brock Purdy, they're going to have theirs because there are great weapons for the 49ers. And McCaffrey's no joke. He's the best modern-day running back in the game today. And will give the Chiefs a lot of looks. Oh, Steve, you're He's probably up. going to the Hall of Fame. Yes. You're, you're, you're going to get That's a lot of, you're going to give us a lot of looks. Well, what do you see McCaffrey, you know, come out and line up at wide receiver? It's a Hall of Fame running back in his prime. We'll play one back with Juszczyk in the backfield as, as a pick up the blitz or maybe just a draw option on the run with McCaffrey splitting out and running the ball. We'll run Debo Samuel off a reverse. There will be a ton of things that Kyle Shanahan gives them with motions pre-snap, but also with the different options, same way Andy Reid does, 
to freeze the backside defensive end, to freeze the middle linebacker, to hold the safety, to try to create things. This will be one of the great chess matches. Spagnolo with a very talented defense against Kyle Shanahan with a very talented offense. It'll be one of the better chess matches we've seen in a long time. And I saw, I'm seeing some videos this week. It was at least two coverages that Spagnolo threw at the Ravens that they hadn't seen yet, that the Chiefs hadn't done yet this year. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of mind he has and the kind of talent he has to work with. They're in game 19. And, and he's already pulling things out. Let's try this. And yeah. it worked. Completely befuddled Lamar Jackson. And I'm sure you'll see probably a couple things they haven't seen all year. For one, it's his mind. And two, he has the coverage guys that he can change things around. I, I, I said coverage. I, I mean pressure schemes. Ways to get guys in Brock Purdy's face and yeah, ways coverage he hasn't well. seen. Right. But he they're has the coverage the field guys. with a zone yep. on one side and yep. man on the other. I mean, they're doing a lot of different things. Trent Green talked about kind of a box and one zone up. But give there's one guy we're going to take out of this. It's going to be this guy. He's got, you know, I think the most underrated part. And I want to add in talent, but smart, too. These guys are smart defensive players to be able to digest everything he's given them. But one of the things, you know, going into the Super Bowl Raiders uh, commanders back in 1983, Mm -hmm. so much was talked about, and rightfully so, Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes, two true number one cover corners to take away what was it, Clark and would have been was it Ricky Sanders or Clark no, and Monk? Would have been Char- yeah, Art Monk and probably Monk and I'm not sure if Clark was there, but like Charlie Brown, they, they had a yeah, he great been Charlie Brown. That's who it was. They had I mean, they were and the, they, they the took greatest the, offense in the history of football. That those two guys could take the two best weapons out if yep. if, if McDuffie and Sneed can go one on one with Ayuk and Debo Samuel, and you got to play just Kittle and McCaffrey. And Juwan Jennings, who no showed, trust me, I'm watching the, uh, the the fantasy football playoff Super Bowl because I got knocked out because I had Juwan Jennings do nothing for me. I dropped Jamison Williams and got Juwan Jennings. Well, that worked out well. Uh, but anyway, do nothing. The rest of the defense against the rest of those guys, I like it. And I think that's the most underrated part of this Chiefs defense is how good those two top corners are. And enjoy it because I don't think you're going to see it next year. Lance, you're in the program. What's going on, Lance? Hey, kind of segueing off what you guys were talking about there. I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, missing the Manahue, and I think obviously that's going to be a, a big miss, but getting Willie Gay back, mm-hmm. how does that impact this game in terms of related to Baltimore? Like, are we better with Willie Gay and not a Manahue about the same, or would you rather have a Manahue and not Gay if you had to, if you had to make that choice? Yeah, if I had to make the choice, and Lance, thank you for the call, I'd probably take a Manahue because Drew Tranquil's there. Yeah, if you could have flip flopped this and had Willie Gay against the Ravens and a Menahu for this game, I think you'd probably take that. Yeah, I, I even think, with the big play of Menahu made against the Ravens, I, I think it gives them great, you know, a great four three base defense to handle anything when you can have Tranquil and Gay on the outside uh, with Bolton on the inside. But I think you've you've it's nothing against Willie Gay. It's just that I'll take my chances with Drew Tranquil out there all the time as opposed to more snaps from FAU. And FAU's an unknown. He's a complete he may have a fantastic game. He's been coached up all year. He's you know, it's time to take the diapers off, young man. I mean, let's quote Dick Vermeil. This is real. So we'll see. I mean I, I listen, if I were gonna have to bring a defensive lineman in that I hadn't seen all year, I'd just as soon be a first round pick than not. Yeah. Yeah. That's Can we agree sure. on that? Absolutely. I mean you're not going and getting like it's not what is it, B. J. Thomas or or who was the the FSU guy they carried for three years. Solomon Thomas? No, no. Oh. The FSU oh. guy they did for three years. Oh, yeah. Kendo? 
Um, at Joshua yeah, Kingdom. I was yeah. thinking it's, it's not... Um, they're, go, they're going to a guy who was a first-round pick and Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year yeah, in 2022. It's not what's left of Frank Clark that people were calling a couple weeks ago saying yeah. pick him up. Yeah, no, I agree. The one thing Willie Gay does help you with, I think maybe the, the, the lateral side-to-side that the Niners like to do with, with Samuel and with, with with McCaffrey, I think he gives them a little few, some few more options where they don't get beat up too much going sideline-to-sideline with his athleticism. But... but, uh, but the, I'd rather get after the quarterback. Having good football players to put on the field and keep guys fresh, you, you can't. I mean, no. if just supplement Drew Tranquil gets better at having to play 10 less snaps, right? Because he's not as worn out at the end. So, but they they play they played most of the game against the Ravens without a minute who. Yep. That's and true. they were lights out. And when they signed Tranquil in the offseason, we are, we are both like, Really? What? Well, especially when what? they signed him for three million dollars. Yeah. Like, like, you got to be kidding me! Happening? And and everything that's happened since then has done nothing but solidify solidify that. that 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 might be the best defensive free agent on value defensive free agent signing the entire league last year. And the team year. they got him off of, you, you you didn't think, oh, maybe they know something we don't. You knew they were idiots. So right. Well, they're they're, they're too busy. Good. They're too busy paying you know five guys all their money. You know, mm-hmm. and defense is a zero. It's a zero. Ne- it's a weak link system. If you get a weak link, offense coordinators will pick it apart. Yeah. Chiefs don't have a weak link even when they start taking on water. Cook down, Naughty down, Amenahu down. There's still not a weak link on this defense. Deion, go, we're going to attack this pussing sore right here. Yeah. Deion Bush goes into the game because of injury on the second play. He reads it right and gets a pick in the end zone to seal yeah. it. Greg, you're in the program. What's going on, Greg? Hey, Zarin. Uh, I was just calling, uh, first of all, shout out to you, uh, seven or eight years ago, you're the one who uh, called for Stagnolo to be brought in. So, Oh, man. Listen, thank you for remembering <laughs> that. I, I was at Minneapolis. Where was I sitting where he had, he was out, and I'm like, and, and listen, I talked to him off the air, too. I'm like, dude, please tell me Andy Reid's calling you. Please tell me Andy uh, Reid's calling you. And he didn't. That was, that was, good. That was 17. Or no, that I was 18. That was 18, it. and they didn't bring him in, but he sat a year. He, I think he wanted to recharge. Yeah. I think he was probably getting paid. Yeah, it was the seven, after the 17th season. Yeah, yeah. and so so he, he the Giants, I think, were still paying him, and he took a year to basically just film study mm-hmm. the whole year, and then the Chiefs brought him in the next year. But, uh, yeah, I was yeah. I'm, I love Spags as a D.C. Thank <laughs> you for remembering that. I, I back sure. ass into one every now and then. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was calling about uh, Lamar Jackson. You and Sando were talking about that, and uh, you were saying – it's like a no-brainer that the Falcons should have picked him. And, you know, you guys didn't really address the fact that uh, there's it's not guaranteed at all that he would have played anything like he did this year, being on a lesser team with a lesser coach without two draft picks and having to have a fully guaranteed contract. So, I mean, well, I just don't know that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. There's no guarantee of what he would do anywhere else. But let me – Arthur Smith is – uh, he, they, the Steelers make it official they hire him as their OC. I know he's talking about he did. Okay, so he's going to the Steelers. He's not a moron when it comes to offense. I think he was overmatched in that situation as a head coach. And he did a great job of coordinating for Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. And he, he OC'd all the way to the number one seed. Um, and, and, you know, I think he's really the way he thumps, likes to thump the run is a big part of it as well. But this is what I will say. There is a number three or four overall pick tight end and a number five or six overall pick in London wide receiver that look like pedestrians and don't even play but about True. 52% of the snaps in Atlanta. Now, if you True. had Lamar Jackson, and, you're, and your point is valid, Greg. I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm going to let you go because I'm, I'm short on time. Thank you for the call. But here's my point. 
two second-round picks for Alex Smith, one of which was pick 33. Okay, that's what they gave up to solidify the quarterback position and to begin to build this franchise. The Chiefs were right to give that up for Alex Smith. Did they win a championship with him? No, but they greatly improved the quarterback position, which helped them build a culture of one, successful offense, and two, winning. The Falcons, I stand by my comment, and Sando is wrong. The Falcons would be definitively better had they made that move. All right, who was the first native Missourian to start for a Super Bowl champion? Brought to you by Good Sense.